1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Well, what can Josh Allen get done? Trailing by four. Working with the wind. This one is picked. Another takeaway intercepted by Moreau. And the turnovers will kill this Buffalo Bills team. Bellinger now with 19 home runs. Drives one in the air. Left center. This ball's got a chance. Bellinger strikes again. The outs tonight. First pitch swinging is Juan Soto. Driven opposite field. This one is going to be gone. Another home run for Juan Soto. Crushes it opposite field. His second home run of the night. This one's a two-run blast. It'll give the Padres a 4-0 lead. Juan Soto doing all kinds of damage against the Giants tonight. Pick is back in the mix tonight. Touch with the dogs getting healthy. Back off the play fake. Right down the seam. Caught for a touchdown by McConkey. Dabo deserves it, but boy, that defense came prepared and outplayed Alabama for 60 minutes. Bama shut out in the second half, and Clemson just eats up the last 10 minutes. Let's hear from Dabo Sweeney after national championship number two. Dabo, how do you describe the joy of the moment? Well, that's, that's been my word all year, and, and I, I just tried to have been. In, I tried to be intentional with that, man. I mean, you know, very few people. There's so many great coaches that that are so deserving of a moment like this that never get the chance to experience it. Second and 12. Jones on the play fake. Intercepted! Intercepted! And returned just for a couple yards by Blackman. Oh! Less than 40 seconds to go. Zappi with a fake snap. Fake spike by man. It's intercepted. Oh, boy. Rodney Thomas, a Bailey Zappi fake spike leads to a game ceiling interception. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, November 15th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Bills, should they have fired Ken Dorsey, the Cubs, who would be the better fit, Cody Bellinger or Juan Soto, the CFP, should Georgia be ranked number one, Dabo Sweeney, should... He, given the chance, leave for Clemson, leave Clemson for Texas A&M. And the Patriots, what's the biggest reason they are bad? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15, it will be our weekly fantasy football update with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. 10-30, interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. 
plus a little bottom line from today's pipeline questions, non-poll questions. We'll take care of that at the bottom of the hour. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, top by Rip from the Headlines and from The Wire. Then after the Sports Zone, from 11 to 1 o'clock, it will be the Extra Point, hosted by Cale. That will include more phone call time at 602-260-1060. Right now, on to the Pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, should the now 5-5 five and five Bills have fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. We are in a 50-50 split between yes and no. The Bills' offense has inarguably declined the last two years after Dorsey replaced Brian Dable, but Dorsey had nothing to do with the Bills losing three key defenders to season-ending injuries, and also Dorsey had nothing to do with 12 men on the field during the final possession of the Monday night loss against the Broncos. Today's Twitter poll question what should uh, what what excuse me? Who would be the better long term fit? Who would be the better long term fit for the Cubs? Cody Bellinger or Juan Soto? And Kayla, what's going on here? Cody Bellinger leading the way at fifty seven point one percent of the vote. Juan Soto trailing at forty two point nine percent on Twitter at KDOS AM ten sixty. Valley Product Bellinger, age twenty eight, is currently a free agent. While Soto, age twenty five, is eligible for free agents a free agency after the 2024 season. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, Georgia is finally number one in the college football playoff rankings ahead of Ohio State. Should Georgia be ranked ahead of Ohio State? And anything last night stand out to you from week three of the college football playoff rankings? Dabo Sweeney to uh, Texas A&M. That's been mentioned with frequency since Sunday after Jimbo Fisher was fired, but the Clemson coach, when asked... Uh, said, among many things, quote, it must be November, end of quote. Uh, should Dabo Sweeney, if uh, given the opportunity, should he consider or should he leave uh, Clemson, at least consider or leave Clemson for Texas A&M? Meanwhile, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are a bad team. Uh, the Patriots 2-8 and eight for the first time since 2000 after the Sunday 10-3 loss to the Colts. That was the lowest scoring game of the NFL season thus far. And also the latest in another bad, you know, unwatchable, you know, basically games on foreign soil. The NFL is uh, these games that are not in uh, this country. They've been pretty much all bad for many years, but they're making money off of it. What's the biggest reason that the Patriots, other than Tom Brady, what's the biggest reason that the Patriots are this bad right now? In addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's in the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or Twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this.
Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by our weekly fantasy football segment with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. And this is a new thing or hasn't been done, done this for a long time. We're going to start with some Cardinals talk in the fantasy football world. How about that? Uh, so we'll, uh, that's where we're going to start. We will not spend a ton of time on that, but we're going to start with the Cardinals. And uh, the waiver wire, this 24-hour period, a little scarce. But that's what you expect as the season has kind of continued, at least uh, what I would expect at this point of the uh, NFL campaign. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. And also a little bottom line for the pipeline questions that you just heard. And uh, at least a little local roundup in that segment. Uh, you're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kesslux HD2 100.7. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. It is time for our weekly fantasy football update. Which means out the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports end by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. And John, let's start with a Cardinals part of the show here. I don't know if I've started a fantasy segment with the Cardinals for since like Carson Palmer and David Johnson were playing here. But, uh, you know, obviously Kyler Murray is a, you know, triumphant return and Trey McBride, who we've talked about the last couple of weeks, uh, really standing out last Sunday once again in McBride's case. Yeah, where did uh, Murray, uh, where's he rank among the quarterbacks? And how about McBride amongst the tight ends these days? I, I think Murray, uh, that was such an impressive uh, re- return from him, you know, just being, what, 11 months re- removed or so for, from the ACL injury. And, uh, you know, when we were talking about uh, him last week, we're, you know, the, the expectation was, okay, he's probably going to throw a lot, but we're, we're not sure how, how willing he's going to be. Uh, to, to run and, and escape and, and all that stuff. But he looked no worse for wear uh, from where he was a, a year ago or, or previously. So that was super encouraging. I, I think that he really adds so much to that offense. I know that, you know, Josh Dobbs had, had his flashes uh, during his time in Arizona, but I, I think that Murray really elevates the entirety of the rest of this offense. And, and McBride definitely um, is part of that equation as well. I think that he McBride in, in his own right is probably a top 10 uh, tight end the the rest of the season. I mean, I, I like him better than Dalton Schultz. Even I, kn- I know that he's attached to, to C.J. Stroud, so that certainly helps. But you know, an Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, um, even a David Njoku. Um, I, I think McBride mm-hmm. is someone that that has more fantasy value than than any of those guys right now. All right, so let's move on to some running backs here. My guess uh, here's here's my best guess. Uh, two guys stood out. I will start start with Devin Singletary, thirty carries. Against the Bengals, he had more rushing yards than any NFL running back uh, last Sunday. Uh, so, where do we look at? Uh, how do we look at uh, Singletary moving forward here? Well, um, you know, the, there is something to be to be said about you know Damian Pierce uh, missing that game, and you know it, we don't think at this stage that that um, he's going to miss the entire rest of the season. So, um, there is that to consider, but at the same time. Damian Pierce has been one of the chief disappointments, uh, I think, among like the the top uh, eight 
rounds in fantasy this season. I mean, he's someone who's averaging exactly three yards a carry and has exactly one touchdown this season on 109 attempts. So, I mean, it's been absolutely brutal. I think that the, that the Texans generally are not going to be a run-first outfit, but that, that's fine with, with Singletary because he does have some pass-catching chops. I, I don't expect him to, to see that type of carry volume going forward necessarily. I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what the Texans want to do, but, um, you know, th- this is a little bit apples to oranges. But Singletary, uh, when he was in college, I, I know that we, we look at him now and we don't really view him as a workhorse, but they called him Motor in college when he was at, at Florida Atlantic, and he was someone that was yeah. routinely taking on 30-plus carries. So I think that he can handle as much – as the Texans want to give him, and he, he clearly has uh, the most use of anyone in that backfield right now. Okay, the other running back that stood out to me uh, last weekend was Ty Chandler. He had as many rushing attempts as Alexander Madison before Madison was concussed in that game, and Cam Akers is obviously out for the season uh, with the Achilles situation, so where do we stand with Chandler right now? Um, I think that if you're in the market for a running back on waivers this week or, or if your waivers um, have already run, you probably already thought of this, but, but Chandler definitely is someone to, to be uh, adding to your roster. I think, um, you know, Madison has been, you know, just pretty much the definition of average to, to slightly below average over the course of this season. And, and again, with, like you said, with, with Akers being out of the way, Chandler is, is definitely someone that, that I think projects for, for a fantasy viable um, workload. I don't know how great he is as a talent, but uh, I will say that he does have um, pretty, you know, top-notch speed for running back. I, I thought that that was kind of his his calling card coming out of, of North Carolina. So um, he definitely ha- has the ability, and and I think that the Vikings uh, now, when they with a you know a true run threat at quarterback that that keeps defenses on their heels and, and probably gives a guy like Chandler a little bit uh, bigger rushing lanes to work with. So I, I think that, that uh, Chandler definitely um, is, is a solid pickup. And I, I don't know if you're going to be starting him the rest of the season necessarily, but but he's someone that you can definitely play the matchups with. Okay, John, you've been telling us for weeks about Keaton Mitchell. <laughs> so uh, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how all these touches and this workload figures out or how the Ravens figure this out. You got any thoughts about that? You're a Ravens guy too. So how, what are we looking for here? Yes, so I, I think you know Harbaugh got grilled pretty hard for it um, a- after the game on Sunday with, with Mitchell doing what he did on on limited uh, work volume and you know obviously what he did after that Seattle game you would have figured that that um, Mitchell would have been a, a much bigger factor um, in that backfield so I, I think that combined with with the the lack of usage in the second half I thought Todd Munkin had a horrible game on Sunday as far as how he was calling things his sequencing. Um, his personnel decisions, all of them uh, were, you know, I, I think all contributed to the Ravens losing that game. So um, I would be surprised if Mitchell, um, you know, get, gets the, the capped volume that, that he did a week ago. I don't think that he projects as someone that, that is going to be like a workhorse, but um, I think if the Ravens can get him to about 12 carries uh, per game and, and a couple of targets, I think that's the sweet spot. And obviously, with, with the level of explosiveness and efficiency that Mitchell has, he can do a lot of damage on 10 to 12 carries. Okay. Are there running backs I should be asking about? Who might they be? Uh, the, those, are, those are the primary guys um, right now. Th- those, are the, those are the three kind of premium uh, pickups at, at the running back position. You, you're probably talking about guys in, in much deeper formats uh, be, beyond that if, uh, if we're not talking about these history out. 
Okay, no problem. John McKechnie of rotowire.com, curling in the sports zone, on to wide receivers. Okay, I, I've got slim pickings here. Uh, who should I be asking you about as far as the wide receivers this week? <laughs> well, um, it seems like, like Noah Brown is, is, uh, is beginning to, yeah. to become a factor um, in, that, in that Houston offense. Um, what, it, it's so bizarre, you know, because he, he was not a, a big-time you know, draft pick or, or anything like that. He was always you know, moderately effective when, when used uh, during his time in Dallas, but nothing really portended uh, him having the, this stretch that, that he's had over these last three weeks where he's been effectively a wide receiver one for fantasy purposes. Um, in each of the last three games. And we have to just continue to be optimistic about this Houston offense going forward. I mean, C.J. Stroud is truly a revelation, putting together a, a special um, season, especially for a, a rookie quarterback. So um, if you're attached to him, uh, good things are probably going to happen. So I, I feel like Noah Brown uh, going forward, it, I, I do believe that uh, Nico Collins coming back, that, that's going to cut into the work a little bit for Noah Brown. But I think Noah Brown, I think going forward, is someone that you can feel good about using in your flex spot or your wide, wide receiver three spot. I was definitely going to mention him if you didn't bring him up first, so thank you very much. Okay, on to Brandon Cooks. Uh, got plenty of action last week. That was against the Giants, so I don't know if anything counts against the Giants in really anything, fantasy or non-fantasy these days. <laughs> so does Cooks' uh, so-called splash game last week really matter in the long run here? Uh, I'm going to be skeptical on that. I, I think that he should be rostered um, in, in pretty much every league. And D Dak Prescott, for his own part, is definitely having a strong season, playing very well, especially relative to, to you know, I think you could argue last season or, or the one before. Um, and, you know, CeeDee Lamb is – he's on such a run right now to where defenses have to, uh, you know, roll coverage to try to slow him down in any capacity. And Cooks really is, like, the, the next best option – um, for them as far as downfield targets. Ferguson is, is a definite force um, in the red zone for them. But between the 20s, and we know that Cooks has, has the speed, Cooks is definitely someone that, that needs to be rostered in leagues. Um, I, I, I do think that I'm, I'm concerned about the week-to-week -week consistency with him. So, so you are going to kind of have to play the matchups when it comes to Cooks. But it, it does feel like we, we do get tipped off in that sense because – the Cowboys always just put put up huge numbers on the on the bad teams that they play, and then struggle yes. <laughs> against the good teams. So you you know if if they have a cupcake on the schedule, it's probably not a bad idea to throw Cooks in your lineup. And there's a cupcake this week for the Cowboys, so maybe something to think about there too. Talking with John McKechnie of RotoWire.com. Okay, quarterbacks: Deshaun Watson. It was announced this morning, out for the rest of the season. Does how does this alter what you think of the rest of the Browns' fantasy options? Well, it's it's going to be tough uh, the the rest of the way. I mean, we we remember the the stretch of the season earlier this year where um, you know occasionally Mar Amari Cooper was able to you know put up some production and David and was was able to do some things. Um, so you you feel like those guys are still going to be startable. You just kind of have to reframe um, your expectations for them as far as their their week to week ceiling is concerned. But I think the floor is still there. It's not like the Browns are are simply not going to throw the football anymore. So it. it they will still be getting the targets that, that are necessary. We probably not not expecting the big plays, uh, the splash plays, so much for, from the from that offense in the passing game much anymore. But I, I think that they, they should be able to cobble it together. I, I I have plenty of Amari Cooper and plenty of David and Joku and and you know frankly outside of 
the second half last week. It's not like Deshaun Watson was playing at an extremely high yeah. level for his own part, and I was still comfortable starting mm-hmm. those guys. So it, it is a drop-off. You, you did kind of feel like after Sunday that maybe the Browns were about to, um, you know, kind of make a serious um, statement in the AFC. I feel obviously a lot less confident in that now, but uh, I still feel like Cooper and Njoku are, are still fine going forward. But, you know, your fringier targets, like your Elijah Moores or your Cedric Tillmans, probably um, – probably need to be heading to the waiver wire. Okay, you mentioned Josh Dobbs. He's been certainly the flavor the last two weeks. and can probably run for governor in Minnesota right now. Uh, how rostered is he, and are you a believer? Uh, you know, He certainly has running ability, no doubt about that. Do we kind of trust him to continue throwing the ball with efficiency, which he's had in the last, certainly last week in the game against the Saints he did? Yeah, that was unbelievable. That was that was a, a huge moment for for him because you know the the game against the Falcons felt like such an anomaly. Uh, either way that you slice it, I mean there there was so much crazy stuff going on in that game. It was like a, a back backyard uh, football game. But you know last week going up against a, a you know legitimately talented Saints defense and absolutely dicing them up, uh, Josh Dobbs basically in my mind ha- has ascended from being a guy that you can kind of hold your nose and start in two quarterback leagues to now one where even in leagues where, where you're only starting one quarterback, um, he has to be in the discussion to, to make it uh, into your starting lineup on, on a week-to-week basis. Like if I have a Brock Purdy that I've been rolling out there, or even a Trevor Lawrence um, at, at this stage, Lawrence has not had a single monster game this season. So that I, I've kind of whipped on that. I'm not completely giving up the ghost there. But um, as it stands, you know, we, we have to react quickly in the fantasy football world. And, and right now Dobbs has a, a much hotter hand than either of those two guys, in my opinion. And I think this weekend um, against the Broncos sets up pretty well to where if you're in 12-team league, I think Dobbs is startable. So you got Mahomes, Hurts, and Toa back from buys this week. So is there any waiver wire demand for quarterbacks out there? I'm sure it's got to – obviously last week was kind of like, what the hell do I do for one week? This week those guys are back. Right, exactly. So it's more so if if, um, if you are hurting for – or if you're fine this week, but you're looking ahead a little bit and, and there could be some issues with buys um, in weeks uh, 13 and, and 14, uh, a potential stash that I would look into it would be Jameis Winston. Uh, I wouldn't be interested in, in Carson Wentz. I, I, I think Stafford should be able to, to play, um, although he has not been performing well basically since uh, September. So so that's something to, to consider as well. But Jameis Winston um, – if Derek Carr is to miss time, they're on the bye this week, the Saints are. Um, Jameis, mm-hmm. at the very least, he's going to get things going with, with Chris Olave. That, that was clear. The splits were glaringly obvious that this past Sunday. Olave, I think, had zero targets from Carr, and then all of a sudden still managed to put up a, a very solid game from a fantasy perspective because Jameis Winston was in there. You know the interceptions are coming, but you also know that, that he is going to be aggressive with, with his downfield uh, throwing. So there, there's at least something to be said for that. So Winston would be like the, the quarterback uh, pickup in, in deeper leagues to stash uh, for this week. Jameis has never lacked aggressiveness. That's for sure. No. All right. Will Levis, um, is he kind of been exposed here a little bit or what do we think of him now? Um, you know, he's, he's probably off your, your starting radar at this point, but I, I think that he's, he's fine to, to still have kicking around on your roster. I, th- I thought that, um, you know, these last two games against the Steelers and the Buccaneers, both of them being on the road, um, pretty tough setups. Those are both pretty tough defenses. Um, the 
the game he had in his debut is probably going to be the best game that, that he has this season and potentially even in, in his career. Um, that was completely <laughs> shocking to me. Um, when it comes to Levis, he's very toolsy. Um, he, he's a big guy that can run around a, a good bit and has a, has a very, very strong arm. He doesn't have a great weapons around him other than, other than DeAndre Hopkins, of course, and it's not the most pass-happy offense. So um, you're looking at, at him being basically like quarterback 20 the rest of the season. So startable ish in in two quarterback formats but but he's not someone that that you're rolling out there uh week to week in in your standard uh one qb leagues okay tight ends we already talked about mcbride i I, i'm a little i thought wide receivers were thin yeah yeah ideas of the tight there's any tight ends out there that are worth picking up this week i might have one but you you go first here okay so that there's a handful of again you know deeper uh options to to consider uh, you can think about uh, Tyler Conklin uh, on the New the York guy. Jets. He's, <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, he's um, he's not phenomenal by any means. We we know that. And and when you're tethered to Zach Wilson, you you have to kind of uh, temper your expectations pretty significantly. But at least like he is getting targets. He is getting usage in that offense, especially you know relative to some of the other tight ends um, in the league. So he's someone uh, to consider. I think Tommy Tremble on the Panthers, as long as Hayden Hurst. Um, is sidelined is, is someone that can kind of function as a security blanket for Bryce Young. Um, so I'd consider him as well. It, you know, he had a little bit of, of juice as, as a prospect coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, hasn't been great. He's more um, more useful as, as a blocker as far as his real-life um, abilities are concerned, but he can still do a little bit um, as a pass catcher as well. So if you're desperate, uh, Tommy Tremble, definitely someone to consider. And, and uh, Gerald Everett, if he ends up missing time, uh, Donald Parham becomes a, a pretty interesting mm-hmm. option. I've, I've always been pretty intrigued by, by Donald Parham. He's a huge guy. Um, so massive catch radius can definitely be a factor um, in the red zone. So that, that definitely helps there. And then with Dallas Goddard being sidelined for, for this uh, next little bit with that forearm injury, um, it seems like Jack Stoll is probably the, the tight end um, that, that's going to be elevated in, in Philadelphia. But um, I, I just can't quit this, this uh, Albert Equibinum, but – I, I would say that it, to keep him at least on your radar, see how he performs this week, see if he gets some snaps, see if he gets into the game. And if he does, I'm intrigued to see what he what he can do out there still. Back to Conklin for a second. You know, the Jets haven't scored a touchdown now in 35 possessions. So, you know, Conklin, is that kind of a, a PPR type of thing? Oh, you, if you get a tight end that has like 25 yards receiving, you're probably doing okay, right? <laughs> so he might have that. <laughs> yeah, that, that – <laughs> that's the nature of the tight end landscape right now. Like if you don't have uh, the top five guys, you're just kind of scrambling and, and hoping uh, for the best. But, but Conklin's peripheral numbers are actually pretty strong. He, he has uh, like a 15% target share uh, on, the, on the Jets offense. His average depth of target is pretty high for a tight end, about eight yards down the field. Um, and he's getting a decent amount of air yards as well. And he's catching almost 80% of his targets. So we're not looking at, um, you know, maybe massive volume, but for, for tight ends, it's solid enough volume. The touchdown upside, again, like like you alluded to there, um, not something that you're um, factoring in with Conklin. You're not really expecting that necessarily, but he can give you, you know, four or five catches on a given week, gets you 40, 50 yards, and you, I think you'd be happy with that. I was not aware of those air yards. It's kind of like Eric Conklin as far as Zach Wilson goes, so there you go. <laughs> That's All right, right John. Field, brother. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you, this isn't the only segment you do. You have all kinds of things going on. So let us know what's going on with you. 
Okay, so tomorrow, so every Thursday, I do uh, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast with, with uh, Mario Puig. We do that. Um, we live stream it on, on the Rotowire YouTube channel, but it also gets cataloged over there, so you don't have to tune in live. You can still catch it there, and that also hits uh, your podcast feeds any, any way that you listen. Um, that, that usually uh, drops in there sometime Thursday afternoons. And then Nick Whalen and I um, do a Rotowire uh, sports betting podcast where we break down every single game from a betting perspective. Uh, we do that on Thursday evenings, and it usually hits podcast feeds on Friday, but we do live stream that on the RotoWire YouTube channel as well. So, so go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We would really appreciate it. John, great stuff. Talk to you next week. Thanks much. Thanks again. Appreciate you. Okay. You too. Thanks. Okay. Next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. General discussion if you want to jump aboard. Also get to some bottom line answers from our pipeline questions. And if you're just tuning in, we'll repeat the poll questions and we'll answer those, of course, during the extra point hosted by Caleb. We'll get to those uh, answers at around 1230 or so today during the extra point, which I you know, I can't say extra point enough with Kayla. So there you go. I just you know, kind of pumped it twice. And I'll probably do it again before the end of the hour here. In fact, I'm sure I will. Uh, so once again, general discussion, if you want to jump aboard, Uh, Also, next segment, depending on phone call volume or lack thereof, uh, which we hope doesn't happen, but if you want to get in, we got time for you. A little on the Suns tonight. They're at home, so will they ever win a home game again? Maybe maybe I'm a little uh, sarcastic there, but they have lost four consecutive home games. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Center with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7 edition of the local roundup. It is phone call time. we got time and room for you if you want to jump aboard. 602-260-1060. First up, uh, before we get to the little uh, local roundup item, a couple of local roundup, a couple of local roundup items he tried to say unsuccessfully. Uh, first up, some bottom line answers from today's pipeline. Our poll questions today: uh, the uh, the uh, KDUS1060.com poll question: Should the uh, five and f- should the now five and five Bills have fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey? In the Twitter poll question. Who would be the uh, best long-term bit for the Cubs, Cody Bellinger or Juan Soto? We'll answer those poll questions during the 12:30 segment of the extra point today. Meanwhile, here's the rest of the bottom line from today's pipeline. Question is: uh, Should Georgia be ranked ahead of Ohio State? They were last night at the college football playoff poll in Week Three. Anything else that talk, caught your attention? From week three, what might that have been? Uh, bottom line is Georgia is now healthy on offense. Uh, clearly, they have a better resume than Ohio State right now. Ohio State's wins over Notre Dame and Penn State have certainly lost some significance as the season has continued. Also, to repeat, uh, repeat from now several years of evidence, nothing, and I mean nothing, from the college football playoff rankings in, in November mean anything. Meanwhile, on to Dabo Swinney, and uh, you know, should he uh, give given the opportunity, should he leave Clemson for Texas A&M? The bottom line, Dabo right now should not leave Clemson for Texas A&M for at least two reasons. One, 
even this year, he's got it made at Clemson. Uh, yeah, basically, he has raised the program to a consistent level before this year, but an unprecedented level would be a better way to put this. You know, they won a national championship with Danny Ford when they broke every rule in the NCAA book, basically. But other than that, they had not uh, they'd been, not underachievers was kind of the uh, the motto or the of uh, the th- thought process before uh, Dabo got promoted as the head coach at uh, Clemson. And going to the SEC, I mean, A&M's in the SEC, remember? And that's going to even be a better conference uh, with the additions of OU and uh, Texas. I think that would be uh, not a good idea either because the ACC certainly lacks elite programs. Meanwhile, what's the biggest reason, other than no Tom Brady, uh, that the Patriots have become a bad team? The bottom line is the Bill Belichick, the talent evaluator, He's the biggest reason that the Patriots are currently one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, he has continually spent money on the wrong free agents. He's also had a lot of high draft picks or draft picks, uh, you know, not necessarily even first-round draft picks, that really not very many of them have been difference makers. Most importantly, Mac Jones, who's not even an average quarterback in this era of the NFL, uh, he's been bad. And I didn't even think he'd be this bad. I didn't think he should be an NFL starting quarterback ever, quite frankly, and said that from the start. even said that when he was in Alabama. Was shocked he was a first-round pick. But I never imagined that he could be this pathetic. All right, on to the local roundup we go. The Suns look to end their four-game home losing streak tonight against the Timberwolves. The Suns are now 4-6, and 10th in the Western Conference. As of Tuesday afternoon, Devin Booker with a calf and Bradley Beal with the back were considered day-to-day. The 8-2 Timberwolves, uh, certainly amongst the biggest early season surprises, maybe the biggest early season surprise in the NBA as far as a team goes. And the Suns are still favored tonight. Last look, I'll check that out in the next segment. and uh, We'll let you know when we get to the national roundup uh, portion of the the hour here. Uh, The Wolves last night. Uh, they they won at Golden State, 104-101. I know there was the Draymond and Rudy Gobert situation, and there always seems to be a situation with those two. Not surprisingly, considering they seem to be volatile guys, at least on the floor, maybe off the floor in some cases too. But uh, the Wolves won last night, 104-101 at Golden State. Carl Anthony Towns had 33 points in that game last night. Also in today's local roundup, the 2-7 and seven Cardinals are four-point underdogs at the 5-4 and four Texans. We will uh, preview that game Friday in the 10-15 uh, uh, segment of the Sports Zone. We get the Texans side of things. The 3-7 and seven Sun Devils are also uh, you know, underdogs, 22-point underdogs the last I saw against the 9 – that's at home, uh, home underdogs against the 9-1 and one Oregon Ducks, Oregon Still sixth in the college football playoff rankings. That's the same that they've been. That has not moved all three weeks. In fact, the first uh, two weeks of the uh, college football playoff rankings, uh, the top eight teams have won every, you know, they've all won. Uh, So there has been, you know, there's been some movement, obviously, with Georgia last night moving ahead of Ohio State, but there hasn't been much movement because there hasn't been one of those chaos Saturdays, which everybody seems to be rooting for. Uh, but it certainly has not happened as of yet, at least this season. Meanwhile, the 7-3 Wildcats are one-point favorites at home against 7-3 Utah. The Juve on Tuesday 
they moved up four spots in the college football playoff rankings from 21st last week to 17th last night. Also, U of A defensive coordinator Johnny Nansen, who I talked about earlier in the week, and I think I talked about him a little bit last week, in his second season. Uh, he has been nominated for the Frank Broyles Award, which goes to the nation's top assistant coach. And he's done a tremendous job with that defense. And uh, uh, a little later in the week, I'm sure I'll get to some numbers compare last year to this year, etc. And he's been responsible, uh, largely responsible for a lot of the uh, between the the recruits as far as the under you know, the, the the freshmen and sophomores that are playing on that defense right now, and also the transfer portal guys on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, he's uh, apparently really responsible for almost all of that uh, and good for him. And he's getting some national recognition. In fact, there's a little concern in Tucson that he might be doing so well that he might get a head coaching job somewhere. Uh, but I think the good news is I'm not sure the way that the landscape of the West Coast football is now after this year with the Pac-2, uh, where would he go? Uh, so that might be the one thing that actually keeps Johnny Nansen in Tucson as the defensive coordinator for at least a little while longer after this year. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's Sports Zone with a national roundup. That will include a little, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, the Suns line for tonight. I'll check that during the break here. Also, uh, see if there's anything new on the Booker and Beal front for tonight. You know, they were listed as day-to-day yesterday afternoon, but, you know, that as we find out, and this is not just, this is not my daily rip on the NBA. Um, you know, one thing that happens on the day before a game, that can certainly change no matter what sport. Uh, in the Suns' case today, the day of the game, so we'll see what's going on there, see if I can find anything new. Uh, and then we'll get to uh, a few other things in the next segment from The Wire, a little rep from the headlines action. You are listening to Sports Now with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD 2 100.7. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. It's time for today's National Roundup. Okay, well, that's what I cared about my birthday. <laughs> Way back in the day. All right. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Sports Show with Bob Kemp on KDUSA M1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7 Suns tonight. And it looks like there's at least one report out there. It's going to be the debut collectively of Booker, Beal, and Durant. And the line is acted uh, accordingly. This game was like five, five and a half uh, early this morning. Now there's some six and a halfs popping up in the state of Nevada against the Timberwolves tonight. The Timberwolves, I mentioned, one of the biggest surprises in the NBA with an eight and two start to the season. And of course, they did play last night. So it's a back to back for Minnesota. Meanwhile, quickly, uh, some rip from the headlines from the wire type of stuff. Uh, Still employed Falcons coach Arthur Smith. We got into that a little bit yesterday. There was some speculation after the game against Arizona on Sunday during the bye week for Atlanta that he would be fired. But he's not going to apparently be fired this week. Uh, But also, uh, Smith did say yesterday 
uh, or at least in the last you know, 24 to 48 hours, that he will decide between Desmond Ritter and Tyler Heineke. Uh, Heineke, of course, Heineke suffered the hamstring injury and had to leave the Cardinals game on Sunday, but he'll decide uh, during the bye week or you know next week of who the starting. He wouldn't announce it yesterday who the starting quarterback for the Falcons' next game would be. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen with a shoulder injury. He made it through that game the other day, but he may not play this week against Green Bay at Green Bay. Uh, Kyle Van uh, Vander Esch, I mean, this poor dude is, you know, he, in fact, his career is in serious jeopardy right now. He's had multiple neck injuries over the years. He will not play again this season. Uh, Jerry Jones revealed that yesterday in one of his 6,000 radio shows in the Dallas area. It seems like Jerry's on radio every hour in Dallas. Uh, no matter what time of the year it is or what day of the week it is. <laughs> Meanwhile, college football, Oregon coach Dan Lanning and Colorado's Deion Sanders are two of the millions of uh, rumored candidates for the Texas A&M job, uh, job, and they both have said in the last two days that they're not leaving their current jobs. Uh, Lanning said he's not leaving for anything, and Kyle, you know, Deion went into the passion thing. He included his mother uh, being in Colorado with him now is one of the reasons he's not leaving Colorado. Ohio State starting safety uh, in, in Tucson South Point High School product, Lathan uh, uh, Ransom, uh, likely out for the rest of the regular season because of a lower leg injury. That according to Ryan Day. And he's been pretty straightforward. He usually doesn't tell you anything, but when he actually says that somebody's out, they're almost always out. I don't remember them not being out. So... I'm going to take his word for that. Around Major League Baseball, the Phillies and the Rangers are believed to be the front runners amongst the front runners. Uh, certainly, uh, it seems like that they've gotten more publicity to be interested in Josh Hader than other teams. Uh, the Phillies bullpen actually is pretty good for most of the season. We saw some you know you know splinters of that during the series, of course, that they lost to the Diamondbacks, and the Rangers pieced it together when it was most necessary. The playoffs. Yeah, but they, they tried to really fix their closer situation for the majority of the season, and then Jose LeCurk came to the rescue and bailed them out during the postseason. From the NBA, the Bulls and Zach Levine have agreed to part ways. They just need to find a trade partner. Apparently, the Dallas Mavericks are not interested. Can you imagine? You know, I, I pinpointed Zach Levine as a selfish player. I remember a game he played here for UCLA against Arizona State. And I just remember thinking, I would never want to play with this guy. And that's kind of, I think, become his NBA reputation, quite frankly. And there, there were Bulls have already had like two team meetings, and apparently it's at least one of those because guys didn't want to play with Levine anymore. Uh, so they've decided they're going to part ways, and the Mavericks don't even want him. Can you imagine him on the Mavericks, though? Uh, you've got a, you know, Luka and you know, you know, Irving and then him. That would be just horrible. If you're, if, if you're not one of those guys – you got to get a rebound to ever touch the ball, basically, because nobody's going to pad. Those guys aren't going to throw it to you, basically. Uh, so there's that. All right, some quick NFL things as far as the latest line goes. Uh, big game tomorrow night. We'll preview this game with Luke Jones uh, from Baltimore tomorrow in the 10:15 uh, Sports Zone segment. Uh, Baltimore four-point favorite. There's a whole bunch of players from both sides that are not going to play in this game. It appears, unfortunately. Uh, so we'll get to all that tomorrow once they release official official injury report this afternoon for that game. Uh, total in that game tomorrow in uh, Baltimore sitting at 46. So once again, Baltimore four-point favorite, total 46 in that game. 
Also, moving on to Sunday, uh, the Cardinals are at Houston, as I mentioned previously. Uh, Houston, a four-point consensus favorite in that game, at least in the state of Nevada. Total net game sitting at 47.5. That game has pretty much been a firm four uh, the entire last, you know, really from Sunday on to now. Uh, as far as uh, another game on Sunday, Cleveland and, uh, and Baltimore. Uh, excuse me, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, my bad. Cleveland beat Baltimore last week. Uh, this line was four, four and a half, and then the Deshaun Watson news came down this morning that he's out for the rest of the regular season, headed for sh- shoulder surgery, and it's going to be DTR, uh, not Walker, as the quarterback, according to at least one report this morning. I'm not sure if that's official yet or not, but uh, you know, DTR is the quarterback, but it only went down to two and a half. Uh, two, two, there's a couple twos around in the state of Nevada right now, but it doesn't say much about Watson's value if uh, you go from Watson to DTR and the point spread only changes two points. But uh, that seems to be the prevailing opinion, at least uh, uh, at the early stages on this Wednesday, within hours after Watson officially declared out for the season. Sunday night, Denver hosting Minnesota. That's an intriguing matchup as all of a sudden they kind of lucked out on this one. Uh, Denver, a two-point favorite, total that game 43. And the next Monday night's the big game. Both these teams coming off of a bye. Uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Let's see, where have we seen, seen that game before? Hmm, might have been in Glendale last, last February. Uh, Kansas City, a two-and-a-half point favorite in that game. Total sitting at 45-and-a-half. All right, next two hours will be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include more phone call time if you want to jump aboard, 602 260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thank you very much for listening.